We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On the 12th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me week 15 of the NFC East Feast. Boys, we got a lot going on in the division. We've got a new first place team coming off of a dominant victory. We've got Tommy DeVito winning three games in a row. What has happened to the Philadelphia Eagles? And, of course, John, we'll, uh, we'll get in a little Washington Commanders talk for you today as well. How are you doing? Hey, yeah, why not? Bro, that, that was a great intro, Brian. I got to say that caught me Thank off you guard. very much. That was phenomenal. <laughs> Man, I'm excited, dude. This is just we're in the prime of the freaking season. Um, things are good, man. Football's great. Enjoy it while it lasts. Yes. I mean, dude, we only got a couple, a couple weeks left, and uh, we got plenty to talk about. Let's start off with Sunday night football, the, the the most viewed Sunday night football game, I think, since 2016, I saw. America tuned in to watch the Dallas Cowboys exact their revenge on the Philadelphia Eagles. That game that we lost in Philly a few weeks ago seems like, uh, you know, a, a distant memory. Since the Cowboys um, fell to Philadelphia, they are averaging 40 points per game, 40.2 to be exact, number one in the NFL. And they were clicking on all cylinders in this game. Um, pass rush was looking ferocious. Micah Parsons joins Reggie White is only the second player in NFL history to record 12 or more sacks in his first three seasons. Looking awesome. Love to see that. We were talking pre-pod about Brandon Aubrey, perhaps uh, the best kicker in the NFL. He sets a record in the game. He kicks two field goals from 59 yards or longer, had a 60-yarder as well. And I heard a great point brought up this week by Colin Coward. Brandon Aubrey is such a weapon because what he has done with his ability to, to launch field goals from 60 yards at will, he has eliminated a lot of these late game end of first half clock management issues for Mike McCarthy, where like Mike McCarthy would melt down and not know whether to call a timeout or spike the ball. And he'd kind of just get lost and he fumbled a lot of these calls. Now it's a no brainer because it doesn't matter if it's a 60-yard field goal. You just bang a timeout, and you bring the kid out to boot it. So it's really, it's really, I think, helped out Mike McCarthy a lot. And speaking of Mike McCarthy, I got to give him more love. Um, called an absolutely brilliant game. Um, I'm going to talk about the Eagles' struggles here in, in a second. But uh, Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott just continue to prove Jerry Jones right. I know Jerry Jones took a lot of heat the past couple of years because he's loyal to a fault. I mean, Jerry kept around Jason Garrett way too long. He kept around um, a lot of players probably past their prime. But he doubled down on Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy again going into this season, and he's been proven right. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy, obviously, for, for Cowboys Nation, happy for the Jones family. John, before I get to you, uh, now I'm going to flip it over on the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, what the hell has happened? This team is a shell of their former self. Uh their offense today, Greg Cosell was talking about, 
has become very predictable because Jalen Hurts isn't running like he was last year. With the reason for that, I'm not sure if we'll ever really know, but they run more shotgun. They run, sh- uh, they line up in shotgun 90% of the time. And it's very hard to establish a running game from shotgun and they use less motion than every other team in the NFL. And if you look at the brilliant creative offenses around the league, the Shanahan's in San Francisco, the Mike McDaniels in Miami, there is players going in motion. Sean McVay with Cooper Cup and those guys going in motion every single play. And this Eagles offense, it just, it looks stale. And over on the defensive side of the ball, Last year, the Philadelphia Eagles were number one in the NFL in sacks on third down. At one point, they were threatening the 85 Bears like sack record. Like they, they were ferocious. This year, they're actually last in the NFL in third down sacks. They've gone from worst to first. And, of course, that lack of pass rush is not helping the back end of that offense. Dak Prescott was having a field day throwing it. Um, so I don't know if this is just like the Cowboys playing their best football while the Eagles are playing their worst. But right now, John, I think there is no doubt Cowboys are running the NFC East. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I picked against your Cowboys and um, definitely, you know, not long into that game, I felt like I knew right away that was a bad pick because <laughs> you mentioned it. You guys kind of were just operating on all cylinders and the Cow- uh, the sorry, the Eagles look like lackluster. Like they look like not interested in, in the game and playing football. And I wonder if that's a product of their schedule because we've noted it, right? Like, really grinding tough schedule for the Eagles, uh, you know, starting a couple of weeks ago through the rest of the season. I think now they have an easier schedule coming up. Like I think I saw something that said it might be the easiest remainder of a schedule in the NFL. But remember last year, man, we, this whole division played a very easy schedule. So I wonder if that lent uh, itself to the Eagles success, um, last season right this season obviously being a little more difficult but also we've kind of noted it and you you hinted at it with some of the stats that you just said they're like the eagles are not playing the same type of football that they played last year last year they were dominant in the run game they literally ran you to death from the quarterback position and with multiple running backs and that doesn't seem to be happening this year they're obviously very aj brown and devonta smith heavy um and then defensively yeah this defense on the back end more so. I mean, you mentioned the sacks. Sacks obviously help cornerbacks out uh, in the passing game, but the two older veteran cornerbacks seem to really be struggling now uh, down the stretch. And again, I don't know if that's just a product of they've played a lot of games in a short time and they've played some tough teams, but this is uh, this is not what we saw with the Philadelphia Eagles last year. So I'm interested to see if they can rebound. I mean, they're, they were 10 and one for a reason coming into this game, right? Like, they're still a good team. They're still a talented team. But Dallas, you know, Dallas on, on the flip side is just, you mentioned it, playing their best football right now. Um, Dak, man, has just shown some incredible toughness, some incredible consistency this year that he hasn't shown for a very long time. Um, and we've talked about C.D. Lamb a lot this year, um, but special teams too. I mean, having Brandon Aubrey – that that was a great point that you brought up by Calvert because that just that does so much for your football team because uh they were talking a ton about it in in the broadcast but Dallas hadn't punted for a game since like Thanksgiving against Washington wow. so they went wow. like two or three games two two and a half games essentially um without a punt you know you guys punt one time in this game that's just a that's a uh kind of a 
a summation of how well your offense has been doing when you get your offense, also your kicker, right? So you get into these positions where you, you can trust somebody to, to make two 59 yard plus field <laughs> goals. Like, man, that's, that's a uh, spoils right there. That's the Cowboys fans. You got to be feeling good defensively to go against this Eagles offense that, you know, throughout the season has shown that they're not exactly what they were last year and that they're doing things a little bit differently, but AJ Brown is still AJ Brown. He's dominated teams left and right uh, in the passing game. Even when Jalen Hurts has struggled to be mobile and run the ball, you guys shut everything down. It felt like again, like the Eagles looked a little bit lackluster, but that could just be a product of, of the Cowboys defense stepping up and really shutting things out. Stephon Gilmore played a freaking phenomenal awesome. game. I mean, rose to the rose to the occasion there. So kudos to your Cowboys as much as I hate to say it. Yeah, Gilmore still got it. Um, he's he's an aging corner, but you could tell. Um, as much as Deron Bland makes the splash plays and the pick sixes, they're going to put Gilmore on the other team's best wide receiver. That's that's clear going forward. Um, he forces a fumble of AJ Brown, but AJ Brown wasn't alone. Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts each fumble themselves. So, so the Eagles cough up the football three times. Like you said, very uncharacteristic of the Philadelphia Eagles. However, Philadelphia right now, although they're technically in second place, they control their own destiny. If they win out and they do have the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL, we'll talk about their upcoming game here soon. But after that, then they play the Cardinals sandwiched in by two games against the Giants. So all of a sudden the Giants are an easy win, but still, as far as opponents win percentage, um, still good things possibly ahead for the Eagles and for the Cowboys. uh, Part of the reason they played so great is because as we always talk about, this game was at home. At Jerry's World, their 15th straight home wins. Guys, listen to these video game numbers, the Dallas Cowboys. They have now set the record for the most consecutive home games uh, scoring 30-plus points. Seven. They break uh, They break the 2021 um, Tom Brady Buccaneers record of six. Um, their home point differential this year is plus 171. Of course, the best in all of the NFL. So it's like... These guys need um, San Francisco to drop a game because I really do feel strongly. I know San Francisco plays Baltimore coming up here on like maybe Christmas Eve. If if San Francisco can drop a game and the Cowboys can get that number one seed and the road to the Super Bowl comes through Dallas, I feel very confident. My confidence level dips very much so, though, if we have to go out to Santa Clara to play the Niners or if we even had to go back to Philadelphia. So a lot, a lot of football still to play, but right now the if, if you come to – Yes. Yeah, of course, if we have to come down to Tampa to play to play Lutz's <laughs> ferocious Buccaneers or whoever the hell wins the NFC South, you never know what can happen. Uh, but we will move on. Um, but Dallas Cowboys, um, how about them Cowboys? Uh, Monday night football, son upset in the NFC East where Tommy Cutlets wins his third straight game. Guys, Tommy DeVito setting NFL records out here. He is the only undrafted rookie in the history of the NFL to win three straight games, throwing zero interceptions. So he's not turning the ball over guys. I'm going to name you the list of quarterbacks to go undefeated the past three weeks, having a passer rating over 100 in those three consecutive weeks, Tommy DeVito. That's the end of the list. Nobody else in the NFL, Tommy DeVito, like I said, three straight wins. That's that ties the NFL record for an undrafted player. Like these are crazy stats. Like this is a kid. I think as much fun as we're having with the agent on the sideline, looking like something out of the Rat Pack and the Tommy Cutlets nickname. I don't think any of us really think that Tommy DeVito is probably going to be a starting quarterback in this league 
a couple years from now, if, if ever again, after this miraculous run, but it's just fun. And John, as we said before the pod, he he's making the giants fun to talk about. He has this team energized and uh, I, I all of a sudden now look forward to giants games. And I, I love sharing giants content. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoy all the giants content because it's just, <laughs> it, it, like you said, it keeps it at least entertaining, but you also, at the same time, you can't knock what he's been able to do. I mean, we've we've kind of picked at this Giants team and their roster over the last couple of seasons because it's not up to par with, you know, the better teams in the NFL. They have their talented pieces. They have their foundational pieces, guys like Saquon Barkley. Uh, you know, this, this next week coming up, they may get Darren Waller back. So they have a couple of pieces. But the fact that Tommy DeVito, who is uh, an undrafted quarterback, has been able to do what he's done with this team – is still pretty incredible as, as silly as it's all been. Right. Um, but I, I almost feel like this pro this, uh, this win for them was more a product of bad Packers defense. Um, mm-hmm. everything I've seen from the Packers, um, just on various shows and talking heads kind of mentioning Packers are fed up with Joe Barry, their defensive coordinator. I mean, essentially Jordan love leads a game winning drive. Uh, you know, leaves little time on the clock and all that they need is their defense and Joe Barry to make a stop and they win that game. And you let Tommy DeVito, Tommy (laughs) Cutlets drive down the field with that team and, uh, and defeat you. And yeah, I mean, they're playing in, in uh, New Jersey, they're playing at home to the giants. So like, maybe that plays a part, maybe the, the Tommy DeVito kind of aura and, and, the hype with all the multiple families there celebrating his agents on the side. Maybe that gives uh, a little boost to the giants, but I, I do think that this is a product more so of bad, uh, bad defense by the Packers to, to let the giants kind of drive down in short time and win this game. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, tend to agree with you on that. They, if you look at the, just the box score, like the Packers led in everything, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, not by much, but, the the box score looks like yeah the Packers should have won this game so they probably should have if, if the game was in Lambeau Field I'm sure Green Bay pulls that off um, but that that Devito Jersey juice keeps going and like if you're a Giants fan I know some of you out there listening are probably like, God damn it like I we I would really love that draft pick to to move up to possibly get like yeah. the Drake May or Caleb Williams sweepstakes they're right now they're sitting at number eight they're not going to get one of those guys but at least it's fun you're and and at five and eight right now the Giants are technically still alive for a wild card so you never know and as a Cowboys fan as I said wow. earlier. Although the Eagles have an easy schedule, something tells me the last three weeks of the season when the Eagles play the Giants twice, I feel pretty good that the Giants take, can get one of those games. I don't think they're going to sweep Philadelphia, but I bet they play them tough twice. And uh, obviously uh, the Cowboys will be rooting um, for for Tommy DeVito yeah. so uh, they can possibly uh, get that NFC East crown. But just just more more fun times. We'll, uh, we'll talk about the Giants more here in a second. Uh, Jay Luds, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to bring you into the pod here. Uh, I want to ask you to help me out with my quarterback rankings this week. All I want to do is list number one. Number one is MVP frontrunner Dak Prescott. I want you to finish the list at two, three, and four. How do you stack them up right now? Uh, honestly, I think I think even though the Eagles have been struggling, and I think you guys are probably on the same page, I'd, I'd probably still go Jalen Hurts at two. Yeah. And, uh, oh, man. Who's three? <laughs> I'm going to go DeVito right now just because hey! of the wins. Because of the wins. I mean, the guy is pulling off wins, and the only thing that matters in the NFL is winning football games. Um, 
You're right. I think stat wise, that's no nothing against how I think the guy's stats are amazing this year. I mean, he's slinging the ball. Um, well, I mean, he's keeping Washington in games. Um, yes. But just the the way Devito's playing right now, and on top of it, Devito had seventy plus rushing yards last week. I mean, the guy's using his legs. Yeah, he can move. Um, so, like I said, it's no knock on how. I'm just going from recent bias and. Um, yeah, I got to go to Vito. Yeah, at that's three recency right now. bias. It is. That's recency it is. bias, Lodge. You didn't see Sam Howell play last week, so you're on the Devito hype train. I, <laughs> I get am. it. I am. But like well, I said, John, and it, John, the, what, winning matters. Winning matters. And Hurts. Yeah, I mean they haven't been winning, but they're still they're still in second place in the division, and you know it's yeah. It's Jalen Hurts is still still definitely a respectable second. John, let's yeah. let's talk about Sam Howell. Maybe he maybe he can move up Ludz's list. Um, you guys are going to be traveling out to Los Angeles to play the Rams. Rams six and a half point favorites. Um, I said before the podcast, the Rams might be the best six and seven team that the NFL has ever seen. They just came off of a tough overtime loss to Baltimore. Now, guys, if you've seen like teams like Detroit and Seattle, NFC teams that go to Baltimore and see Lamar Jackson for the first time, they tend to get their doors blown off. And the Rams, you could argue, were the better team in that game for most of the football game. Baltimore was relying on big plays, like Isaiah Likely gets a huge touchdown. And Tylen Wallace, who was like the backup punt returner, comes in in overtime in the soaking wet rain and takes um, just a legendary moment, takes it to the house, walk-off win. The Ravens right now are probably the best team in the AFC. But the Rams got to walk away feeling pretty good. Uh, Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup both played extremely well in that game. Kyron Williams um, is like, I think, the the fantasy smash success of the year. If you if you happen to scoop him off the waiver wire in the first couple of weeks, that guy's a top five running back. Um, So so the Rams defense, uh, other than Aaron Donald, not a whole lot of names um, you're going to be familiar with. But Raheem uh, Morris, uh, Jay Ludd's old boy, Tampa former Tampa Bay coach, yes. doing a great job with a young Rams defense. Um, so I think this is this is not going to be the game for Washington to get on track. I do think Sam Howell, though, um, can have some success. He's not going to stop throwing. He's not going to stop trying. I just fear that if you guys abandon the running game early, you're going to put it all on Sam. He might throw a turnover here or there. And right now, Matthew Stafford is just like, at this point, Matthew Stafford, you know, he's obviously past his prime, but he still throws one of the more pretty balls in football. So I'm just going to take Stafford over Howell in this game, although I think we're going to have an entertaining football game. I'll say 27 to 23 Rams, but the commanders off of a bye week, they, they come to play, John, and at least give you something to root for. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, coming off of a bye week, um, you know, that's one of the things that I kind of was thinking about looking at this game. It's like in the NFL, you never really want your bye week to be this late in the season because it just means that you've had a grind on, uh, on the front side. Even worse so, just some of the stuff I'm hearing out of commander's camp, like players talking about how happy they were to just get away from football for a week. <laughs> And it's like, it doesn't sound good when it's put that way. So I feel like the commanders, you know, like the position we're in at the looking forward to the rest of the season, a lot of these players probably already have it in their heads that like, we're not making the playoffs. And then you get a bye week this, this late. Like, I think this breeds like more uh, complacency than anything. Like, I'm not sure that these guys are going into this game ready to win, to be honest with you. Um, I listened to Eric Bieniemy's press conference today, and he's fired up. He still has a lot on the line, just whether that's, you know, getting a job again with the commanders next season yeah, or 
put trying to push for another head coaching gig somewhere else. Like that's ultimately his goal, I'm sure. So he's fired up. He's focused. I just don't know how focused these players are going to be offensively and defensively. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I agree with you. I think Sam Howell's still going to be playing because he's still auditioning. Yes. Um, again, whether whether or not that's for this team or another team. Um, and and some of the leaders on our team, guys like Terry McLaurin, you know, Jay Luds, we were talking early in the pod about, you know, fantasy, uh, fantasy starts. I'm starting Terry McLaurin in one league because I just think that in a bye week, there has to be some emphasis on we've been failing him as a player. Mm-hmm. So we're going to focus on getting him the ball. The one thing that I do worry about, though, is Sam Howell, and this offensive line have taken a shit ton of sacks this year. And you've got a future Hall of Famer in Aaron Donald who can just literally wreck games. Um, so we'll see how that matchup goes. Um, I don't know if Aaron Donald always lines up on the same side of the football, but either way, like neither of our guard play has been phenomenal this year. Yeah. Um, so that definitely makes me nervous. Um, we probably won't have Brian Robinson in this game. So Offensively, it's going to probably look like a, a high uh, passer rating or, uh, sorry, uh, passing performance for Sam Howell just because he's probably going to be dropping back a ton. Um, that's because our defense, as you all know, is pretty much atrocious. Uh, so I don't believe that the Rams will have any struggles scoring on us. I don't know how vertical they get. I know Cooper Cup's fast, but I feel like a lot of times him and Puka Nakua do a lot of their work um, like in the mid range. Yeah. And, yeah, and and then make their make their uh, their their dollars in in yak. Um, our corners have struggled, and we haven't gotten a ton of pressure on the quarterback. So, I think when you've got Matt Stafford, two very respectable wide receivers, and shout out to East Lake Hall of Famer Tyler Higby. Let's go. Um, you know he plays. He's had some big games this year. Sometimes he doesn't necessarily shine in the passing game, um, but he definitely helps out in the run game with that Kyron Williams, as you mentioned. So. I think that the Washington is going to have their hands full, even coming off of a bye. I just don't know how inspired this football team is going to be, and I think we are going to struggle. So uh, I actually have the Rams covering uh, the six and a half, uh, 27-20 Rams. Okay. Luz, before you hop in and shoot this, uh, John, I wanted to ask you a question. I know you you sometimes will listen to Beamish and Finley. You're on some of these other Washington blogs that that I don't keep track of as much. Right now, Washington has a top five pick. Is there – any rumblings in the fan base? Are you? Do you get the like your pulse on the organization? Is it that let's draft the Olu Fashanu? I googled his name this week, or Joe Alt from uh, from Notre Dame, one of these great tackles to build around Sam? Or is there some like, hey guys, like Sam has played well, but if Drake May or Caleb Williams happens to slip to us, we have to restart that quarterback clock? Like, what do you think the the consensus is? Yeah, I think. I honestly, if we end up at like five or six, right? Like say we win a game here at the end of the year, or maybe two games, I don't know. And we end up at the f- fifth or sixth draft position. I do think that ultimately you, you end up with one of those tackles because Josh Harris and, and his group seems to be uh, a very smart ownership group. And obviously those are, that, that is a major foundational piece to build around, uh, which is the left tackle position. So a guy like, uh, uh, Fashano or even the kid out of Notre Dame, like they're stud LTs. And yeah. you think back to the heyday of Washington when we had Trent Williams um, and then uh, the guy before him slipping my mind right now, uh, Chris. Samuels? Was it Samuels? Samuels, sorry. I think Samuels, so. yes, it was. I was going to say Sims, but um, 
those were those were some of the best offensive lines. I mean, outside of the Hogs that we've had traditionally. So I think if we stay in that draft range, even if one of those guys slips, it's going to be hard to pass on a really solid foundational piece when you have a guy like Sam Howell. Now, yeah. I will say, if we lose out the rest of the season and the chips fall to the point where the commanders end up towards two or three, then now that's going to put the Harris group in a really difficult position. Yeah. And it might depend on the GM, right? Like if they hire a GM first and let him make the decisions as far as coach and the, and the draft picks, that might put Sam Howell on the out. I mean, I like a lot of what Sam Howell has done, but it's really hard to skip out when you have that high of a draft pick on a generational piece. I will say just my personal vote. Yeah. I really hope it's not Caleb Williams. Um, mm -hmm. That would, I'm just not that high on him just yeah. with, with some of the antics and some of the ways that he's been acting, because that's the one thing that I think Sam Howell does have, regardless of what he's proven stats wise this year is that he's got the moxie. He's got the intangibles that you want in a leader uh, of an offense. So he's got a little bit of Dak Prescott in him, if you will. That's what Dak has always been good at is the off the field stuff at the right. podium, being a grown up in the room, um, being not, you know, not being a disruptor, being um, someone who helps calm the room in these um, heightened situations. So we'll see, but I wanted to pick your brain on that for a second. Jay Lutz Rams minus six and a half. You're 21 and 22 clawing towards 500. Where are you going? Uh, yeah, and to, to, to comment on that, like, uh, you know, an O-lineman's never a sexy pick, you know. It's like you get all excited yeah. for the draft. You don't want to see your team take an O-lineman, but to be honest, I mean. It, might, it might be a sexy pick for the commanders. We've had some real bad O-lines. <laughs> that's that's what like I mean. Yeah, years, it's so. uh, it's just it's a team need, and, you know, like you said, it's something you can build that team um, going forward for years. So first thing you got to do is build the trenches, man, and um, – you know, yeah. just you got to be able to protect the quarterback, and Howell's been sacked plenty of times this year. So, I I truly think that would be the best route to go uh, as well. So, um, getting into this game, uh, Rams at home, six and a half point favorites. You know, Rams like you guys were uh, touching base, or I know B was mentioning. You know, that tough loss last week against Baltimore. I mean, that that was back to back, score for score in a shootout. Um, you know, tough, tough loss for them. So I'm sure they're going to want to bounce back and take care of business this week. Uh, I think it can actually be another shootout. You know, Washington leads the NFL in pass attempts. Um, and they've had an extra week to prepare coming off that bye week. So I think they'll right. be able to put up some points. But, um, but yeah, I'm going to take Washington plus six and a half. I'm going to go 28-23 okay. Rams. 28-23 Rams. So Washington yeah. covers. I hope so. I hope that's a fun competitive game. The fans. I just hope offensively we can score some points. Yes. That's really all I care about. I think I think you, you guys I think that Rams good. defense. Yeah. Yes, the back, the back end of that Rams defense can definitely be uh, scored on, and I think Sam Howell will have a, a pretty good day, especially if you're in the fantasy playoffs. I don't think he's a bad look this week, even though he's on the road. Okay, now let's talk about the Tommy DeVito-led New York Giants um, going to Louisiana, to, um, so he won't be in front of his Jersey fans this week. Um, but DeVito goes against Derek Carr. Right now, I might take Dami DeVito over Derek Carr. Derek Carr has not played well this year. The Saints don't have good quarterback play, and they don't have good coaching. I mean, a lot of people are talking about Brandon Staley and Ron Rivera on the hot seat. I think Dennis Allen's seat has to be burning up. If I'm a Saints fan, I'd like to have him out of the building. Ever since they left, uh, Sean Payton left, they've, they've kind of been a mess. So I'll, I'll give the coaching advantage here to Brian Dayball for sure. You see what he's done with young quarterbacks. Uh, but talent-wise, New Orleans just has a, such a better roster. I don't know if Chris Olave is going to play in this game, but I know Alvin Kamara is. And like it seems like 
the past two years, I don't know if it was because of injuries or um, Alvin Kamara seemed like he may have been falling off. This year, Kamara is right back to a top five running back, um, both catching and receiving the ball. So, such a um, excuse me, running and receiving the ball, such a weapon out of the backfield for them. And the Saints defense with Cam Jordan, they're pretty serious. They have they have some decent um, corners as well. So I think because this game is on the road, the DeVito magic is going to run out. I think the Giants play inspired. I think they keep it close. Um, I think the line here is about six again. Yeah, six. I'll go Giants plus six. Um, how about 21 to 17? Saints get the home win. How about you, Lutz? I'm oh, sorry, yeah, John. Uh, it doesn't matter. My bad, Lutz. Lutz. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh... – you know, Giants, like we discussed it, you know, three wins out of the last four games under DeVito. DeVito, seven touchdowns, one pick in that stretch. Uh, 71 rushing yards last week. I mean, the guy's playing well. Um, however, you know, as everyone knows, New Orleans is not one of the easiest places to play in the league. Uh, you know, I put yeah. it out right up there with Arrowhead and Kansas City. Um, you know, a couple other couple other places. Seattle's a tough place to play. You know, there's a few out there, but Saints is definitely in that dome. Very tough place to play. They're gonna make sure that they they got to make sure that offense is um, communicating well. It gets loud in there, um, and I just don't see the Giants getting a victory this week. I think it's gonna be close though. I'm right there with you, B. I got the Giants plus the points, plus six. Okay. But I got the Saints, and actually, I'm surprised that the Saints haven't really turned the ball over to uh, Jameis Winston yet. I mean, it's probably because right? Derek Carr is just making so much money. But why not throw Winston yeah. in there and give the guy Might a be shot? Because, you know? They might not have turned the ball over to him because he turns the ball over to the other team. Right? <laughs> it's Good very one. true. It's very true. But I mean, Derek Carr has. I mean, he's just looked awful Terrible. this year, and he's Terrible. yelling at teammates yeah. and his O linemen, and it's just it's not a good look. So, anyway, but yeah, I got the Saints twenty three twenty. Kind of a little bit of a low scoring game now in today's NFL, but um, sure. like I said, it's a tough place to play, and I think the Giants can keep it close, especially if they keep running that ball with Saquon. Saquon's looked great. Yeah, Lutz, I'm happy you mentioned that because I thought it was hilarious seeing that clip uh, where Derek Carr is barking about something and immediately his center turns around and just goes right back at him. Like, yeah. They were ready to fight each other oh, on the yeah. field there for a minute. And like oh, yeah. when your center is basically turning around, basically saying like, yo, that's enough. Uh-huh. Like yeah. <laughs> there's there's trouble in, in New Orleans right now, that's for sure. And yeah. Honestly, like just combing through their schedule, like they've played a couple of decent teams. Um, they've played a couple of, de- of good teams, but really they haven't had that difficult of a schedule. And this lends itself to another opportunity for the Saints to get a win at home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be tough, right? I mean, you've got all that hype. You're not in New York, right? So I don't know how well the Giants fans are going to be traveling down to New Orleans. Um, but ultimately, I agree with you guys. I think the Saints are still probably a better football team. You've got guys like Chris Olave that make incredible plays. Jimmy Graham somehow still, still, still doing catches crazy as an aged sagey old veteran. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned it, Brian, they got Alvin Kamara. They got Jamal Williams to kind of spell him and uh, keep his legs fresh. And then don't forget about the, the Taysom Hill magic that they get every sure. once in a while. I mean, that guy makes some pretty incredible plays to get them out of binds here and there. So I just think the giants are going to be overwhelmed um with a lot of those weapons um as far as the defense side of the football goes but like hard to quit the 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 tommy cutlin magic there so i'm sure he's got some parmesan to sprinkle on the game um i definitely think it'll be close uh agree with you guys i'm keeping it uh giants cover uh saints 20 giants 17. 
So we're all, we're all pretty close, closely aligned on that game. All right, let's go out to Buffalo, where the Dallas Cowboys are going on the road, where they are, um, are much more human than uh, when they're playing in Dallas. Facing the Buffalo team that you could argue kept their season alive last week, although with some controversy, Travis Kelsey made a sick play. I love Kelsey's one of the only players in the league that likes to pitch the ball back. I love how his, his awareness, his head's always on a swivel. But unfortunately, of course, Kadarius you don't, think, Tone, you don't think that was a planned play? You think he did that? I thought I, too. I don't know because I've seen him do it several times. But who? Now that you pointed out, they might go over that in the huddle. But he just man, it's, it seemed so uh, so easy. And I know he was a quarterback in high school, yeah, so he throws a tight spiral. Yeah, no, uh, he's just he's just a backyard football player. Um, but the Chiefs come away with the loss because Kadarius Tony lines up off sides. So Buffalo gets the win, but I don't come away that impressed with Buffalo. And Buffalo's favored by two right here. I I think Dallas is, is certainly the side if you're a better, even if the Bills happen to win this game. I have a feeling it's only going to be by a point or two. I just don't think Buffalo has an advantage right now. Normally, I would say Josh Allen is, is the side on quarterback. Right now, Dak Prescott's playing at the same level, if not better than Josh Allen. He's not turning the ball over like Josh Allen. The Bills don't really run the football, although I do like James Cook. They use him more as a gadget back. I like the Cowboys running game better. I like the Cowboys offensive line better. And Stephon Diggs has disappeared the past few weeks. Not really sure what's going on with that. I would assume we'll see probably Stephon Gilmore um, lined up on him, see how that matchup goes. Uh, that really sucks that Trayvon's out in this game. This would have been the first time that Trayvon and Stefan Diggs got to line up as brothers against each other. We'll have to wait for the future in that. But I feel pretty confident um, in the Cowboys going to this one. With, with the defense playing well, um, the Buffalo Bills defense is not to the caliber of us, much because they lost their best linebacker, Matt Milano, their best corner, Tredavious White. They're injured, and I think because last week they won, they're, they're on such a high, you know, they're going to have that urgency. They know they got to keep winning to stay in the wild card race. I just think that they're facing the hottest team in football right now. I got the Cowboys to keep it rolling. I don't think they look nearly as impressive. I think we come back down to earth. I think this is a tough game, but uh, I'm going to go with Brandon Aubrey, um, a late field goal. I say this game is pretty high scoring. Let's say it's 29 to 27 Cowboys come away with a tough win. How about you, John? Yeah, uh, I, that was a really good summation. I feel like one thing that popped into my mind, and I've heard this comparison a ton this year, but like you guys right now have new Dak Prescott. You guys yeah. got a Dak Prescott that's playing better than he's played in many years. And I think he's, he's doing his best to dispel a lot of the rumors, a lot of the, uh, the talk and the gossip about him as a consistent quarterback in the NFL, while on the flip side, the comparison has been Josh Allen as bad Dak Prescott. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people out there have compared him to Dak Prescott with his kind of just his like impromptu play, uh, you know, getting off rhythm, getting off time and schedule, trying to make plays happen, turning the ball over often. Like that's what's been, uh, it's, it's hard because Josh Allen a lot of times is, the the spice for that team the thing that makes that team go the thing that makes that team work but then on the flip side of that he's oftentimes the thing that hurts the team or the heel right or the achilles heel so i think against the dallas defense uh that he can't afford that uh so this week even though they're playing at home um you know that josh allen magic is going to be tough to muster up against this cowboys defense i think uh, we mentioned it. You guys really are firing on all cylinders. And I think this is an opportunity for the defense to kind of, uh, you know, get some more note. Like, 
it the defense is what you guys are known for but so far this season the way that things have progressed it's really the offense in a lot of opportunities that have really led you guys um i mean you guys have whole team victories at this point the past couple of weeks but it's really you know the the notable plays are going to the offense so yes i think this is an opportunity for deron bland um you know possibly a pick six let's go. watch out he's he's known for it um but even stefan gilmore like you mentioned shutting down you know, the likes of Stefan Diggs is going to really open up a lot of opportunities for the pass rush and uh, and for the rest of this Cowboys defense. So um, I'm interested to see, uh, you know, how your Cowboys offense plays away from home, because that's really kind of the only thorn in y'all side this year. Right. Um, but I do think the Buffalo Bills defense has not played the way that they've played the last couple of years. They're not they're not as a. Uh, as a as big of a juggernaut as they've been in the past couple of seasons teams can score on them and you guys are rolling so uh whether or not it comes down to aubrey we'll see uh but i'm kind of leaning the same way as you be i've got this game uh bills 24 cowboys 27. both close game Luz, before you hop in john as you were talking you were comparing how the media is kind of uh josh allen is this year's duck prescott they're piling on him it also makes me think that like Sean McDermott is like this year's Mike McCarthy because he's a successful coach who's winning games, but something's going on there. Um, because yeah. the, the story comes out last week about how he made a distaste, distasteful reference about the nine 11 hijackers. Well, something, if, if you read more deeply into that, that comment was made in 2019. Why is four years later, is this coming to the surface? As Colin Coward always says, because people want that stuff to leak. I think if the Bills don't make the playoffs, they're looking for every reason to usher the Sean McDermott era out, bring in an offensive coach to take Josh Allen to the next level. I think they're kind of done with this stale brand of football. So something to look out for. There's something ain't right in Buffalo. And I think because it's not right, you're facing a team in Dallas where everything is going right. So, yeah, we're, I'm on the Cowboys. Luds, are, are you on my Cowboys? Plus two. Well, actually, look. Let me respond to that really quickly, Brian, because this ties it all back to the NFC East here, right? Like a huge part of Josh Allen's success was one Brian Dayball. Yes, right? a true. lot of people have 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 considered that he was a big part in Josh Allen's success. And you look at what Brian Dayball has done with guys like Tommy DeVito, Tyrod Taylor, Daniel Jones, even mm -hmm. like that was a big loss for that team. And I think it is difficult if you look around the league, you look at some of the hot seats. Ron Rivera being one, Brandon Staley being probably two, maybe one. Um, Defense. Defensive led head coaches, man. Sean McDermott is going to be on the hot seat if he can't win with this talent. So I agree with you. Something's going on there. All right, let's Cowboys plus two, a surprising road dog in my book, at least. What do you think? Dayball's a damn good coach, man. I, I like Dayball. Awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, don't, don't sleep on maybe uh, old Jimmy Harbaugh heading up to uh, – the big apple up in New York. Oh, ooh, and, wouldn't and, that be interesting? That'd be a and maybe running that offense to Josh going. Allen. That that would be that would be an awesome thing to see. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I think the only reason why maybe Buffalo's favored in this game because they're at home. Obviously, they beat Kansas City last week, but I still think Dallas sure. is a better football team. I mean, they just are. They're better on defense. They've looked better on offense. Uh, it's kind of crazy too seeing Dallas. You know, the last what can't even remember now five six weeks they've been favored by nine ten. Yes. 12 and a half like it's kind of just Lopsided. insane to see them an underdog um you know with buffalo just being more of a desperate team this week um and being at home they're also only a seven and six team i i, I you know dallas has the best record in the nfl right now against the spread at nine and four 
uh, pretty oh. impressive. So they get it done. Uh, yeah. I think Dallas wins outright in this game, and they're like I said, they're just a better football team. So um, I'm proud to say it. I, I you know I got Dallas plus two. I got a 28-24 Cowboys. Let's go. We're all on the Cowboys coming into Buffalo to spoil the Bills Mafia. I'm looking forward to that game. It's one of the rare times um, that game's actually on Fox. It'll be a Greg Olson game. Buffalo Bills are normally a CBS team, so we get to kind of um, get, get a different kind of broadcast. Uh, it's usually Tony Roma on the call, but we'll have a Burkhart and Aaron Andrews and uh, Greg Tired Olson calling that game. Man. Yeah. Just... <laughs> what is uh... like, I liked him his first year, but it's like – the more you listen to it, he just like puts me to sleep, man. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> he's, don't know. he's an acquired taste. Yeah. That's for sure. I like him, but yeah, I get it. Okay. Now let's finish up the week on Monday night football. This is the first ever game that was flexed into Monday night. The Philadelphia Eagles probably like, do we have to play another standalone game? So the entire media talks about us on Tuesday morning. Can we just kind of hide that one o'clock window, please? But sorry, you are flying up to the Pacific Northwest to play the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are six and seven. Um, they've been an up and down team this year. They gave my Dallas Cowboys a hell of a fight a couple weeks ago. I think if they can put on that kind of performance, they could probably pull off the upset right here. But the Eagles, they are wounded birds, and they desperately need to get a win to now keep pace with the Cowboys and the 49ers for not only the, the division, but possibly that that number one seed. And I think that Nick Sirianni with an extra day is the kind of coach that can rally his troops and have them play a good brand of football in Seattle. I think this is a tough game. Again, the Eagles' pass defense is the worst in the NFL. So I expect the DK Metcalfs, DK could have another game like he had against my Cowboys, 130 yards, three touchdowns. Don't sleep on Tyler Lockett and Jackson Smith in Jigba. And those Eagles, excuse me, Seahawks uh, running backs, Zach Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker can both catch the ball out of the backfield. I don't know if Geno Smith is going to play in this game. It sounds like he's going to. He missed last week. Drew Locke started in his place. If I had to guess, Geno gives it a go because the Seahawks are playing for their playoff lives. But despite all the urgency, I just think Philadelphia is too good of a team to lose three straight at this point in the season. They got to keep up with Dallas. Um, And I got the Eagles barely getting a win. I think this is a tough, ugly game. Eagles are favored by three. I'm going to say let's push it. I'll go uh, Philadelphia 23-20. to 20. Maybe they can find a run game. How about you line up under center and give the ball to DeAndre Swift 20 times and not put all the pressure on Jalen. But we'll see. John, I'm on the Eagles. How about you? Yeah, I think, you know, you mentioned this game getting flexed. I think the Eagles are probably pretty damn grateful for that because they're, they've had some tight windows on these last couple of games. They've really not gotten great rest periods in between games. So I'm sure they're happy to take an extra day, especially before they have to fly out. True. uh, As you mentioned to, uh, to the West coast. So um, I'm expecting the Eagles to be rested. I'm expecting the Eagles, as you mentioned, they played a bunch of primetime games recently. Here's another one on the docket. Like they're going to, players always say they don't hear what the media says. I, that's, we all know that's, you know, a half truth at best. Yeah. I guarantee these Philadelphia Eagles have heard what everybody said. They've lost some big time games to some very good opponents. Um, I think the Seahawks are a very gritty team. You mentioned earlier the Rams being uh, one of the better six or the six and seven teams. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I think the Seahawks are kind of up there. I mean, outside of a sure. handful of games, They've played some really tough competitive games, uh, even in their losses. They've been pretty slim margins outside of, like, the Ravens destroying them, and they struggle against their big brother, the 49ers, but who wouldn't? Um, So, yeah, I think 
as you mentioned, though, Philadelphia's defense is uh, 31st, or was it 28th? They're 28th, I think. Yes. They're bad. They're bad in the passing game. And when you've got that set of wide receivers and the run game uh, ability that Seattle has, I think that they will be able to establish enough of an offensive presence to keep this game close. Um, defensively, it's always hard to count out Pete Carroll. That guy schemes up all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And as you mentioned, if the Eagles continue to play vanilla football and, and don't really get their run game established, don't really do a ton in the motion and kind of put it all on the back of Jalen Hurts and these wide receivers – um, while I think they can be successful, I think that that is a recipe to keep this game close. Um, I really would like to see Philadelphia get back to their roots here. I don't think DeAndre Swift um, is kind of the the pound it between the tackles running back, okay. but they just you can still lean on Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell. Sure. They just haven't done that so much this year. Um, I, the other side of it, I have DeAndre Swift in a Yahoo Fantasy <laughs> League uh, this week. So I do kind of hope that uh, they, they lean on him in whichever way. But whether that's the run game or the passing game, the Eagles need to get back to playing good, sound defensive football, trying to do their best to shut down uh, this offense of the Seahawks. Ultimately, I think, you know, dittoing you, Brian, I just don't see this team as talented as they are, even traveling out west, losing uh, three in a row. So I'm also with you. I'm taking the Eagles to win this game. Uh, a close one, uh, Seahawks 27, Eagles 31. Close game. This will be a, a reunion of DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown. Those guys were college teammates at one point at Old Miss, two of the more physical, impressive physical specimens in the league. Could you imagine being a Essentially board? similar players. Yes. Yeah, so just, 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 they look like their, their bodies are just like Greek gods, like Adonis is like, I couldn't imagine being a, a, a cornerback in the sec when those guys were on the field at the same time. And now they're both making plays in the NFL. So we should, we should get some fun highlights on Monday night. Luds, we got the Eagles coming into Seattle as three point road favorites. Finish us up. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to get way kind of off topic here, but I did want to bring this up since we are out of the Tampa Bay area. Tampa yeah. Bay Rays have traded your ace, Tyler Glass, now to the Los Angeles Dodgers about an hour ago. Uh, wow. Yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. The, anyway, so the Dodgers uh, get Shohei Otani, and then they pit, and then they get Tyler Glass, Glass now. now. Yeah. The, the rich yeah. get richer. Must be nice. Just spending money, man. I saw some stat where Shohei Otani supposedly making, uh, if you break it down like per second, it's like fifty dollars per second or some shit like that. It's just Jeez. insane, insane, dude. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, to get into this game, so I don't. There's a good stat for you guys. So Philly hasn't won by more than seven points since week seven of the NFL season. Uh, that just shows you right there. They are a totally different team on offense this year. Mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy to see Miles Sanders not doing a thing in Carolina, but saw what he did last Terrible. year in that offense. So just insane, man. Um, but anyway, I, I don't have too much to add to this game. You guys pretty much cover this one pretty well. I mean, I think with it being at three points, I think the Eagles can definitely cover that score. I'm going to go 28-21. Eagles on the road, very tough place to play. But like you said, I just don't see the Eagles losing um, another one, um, especially against a struggling Seahawks team. And we don't even know if Geno Smith's going to be cleared to play or not. So 28-21 yeah, Eagles. Um, upset parlay this week. I got Houston plus two and a half at Tennessee. I just think Tennessee's a bad team. And that's if – 
CJ Stroud plays. CJ. I, I know it's sure. up in the air right now, so a backup one for that. You got to give the cat. You got to give a caveat for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ca- yeah. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna double up, man. I'm gonna go with the New York Giants plus six in New Orleans. I, I think they keep it close. Um, I like that. And then for my second pick, um, Minnesota. Uh, they're playing for their playoff lives. Um, I know it was three nothing they won last week, but obviously their defense oh, has really awful. stepped up the last four to five weeks. And uh, Mullins is known to not turn the ball over, so I think if uh, with Justin Jefferson playing a full game here and he's got weapons, I think if he can limit the turnovers, I got them plus three and a half at uh, Cincinnati. Um, That's Saturday, so, Saturday at one o'clock. Yeah, so big game for yeah. them. Um, right now, when I'm picking these these upset parlays, I mean, I'm looking for teams that are underdogs, but also really making a playoff push. I mean, sure. Minnesota's right there. I mean, they, they can win, you know, two of the next three. They, they may be in it, sque- be able to squeeze in in that division, especially with the oh, way yeah. the, Lions, the Lions have looked the last few weeks. Um, you know, That's so mighty. Yeah. So, anyway. The, to speak to your point, Luds, uh, credit to Brian Flores, defensive coordinator of the Vikings. He's got them playing great yeah. football right now. Yeah, so, maybe, just... maybe he earned himself another shot uh, at head coach. Um, we appreciate – Appreciate your efforts as always, Luds. Good luck this week. John, any final thoughts as we get ready for week 15? Yeah, I got two quick final notes. Just full disclosure, uh, Luds picking uh, Minnesota in his uh, um, upset parlay. He did disclose to us earlier uh, before we started the podcast. He'll be starting Nick Mullins in fantasy this week. So just, just take Over. that into consideration. Forced. Just take that into consideration before dropping some bets. Uh, <laughs> uh, second second. Second final thought, uh, just a quick update if you guys haven't looked. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders 21 to nothing right now against wow. the Chargers as we as we record wow. this podcast. So wild. Another uh, team. That's yeah. another team you just um, don't know what you're gonna get every week. You know, like Yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, both both of those teams. So I know they're it's it they're gonna kick off a wild week in the NFL. I think we got a lot of really good games and we like like always, we've always got good games uh, when we're looking at the NFC East. Chargers quarterback Easton Stick makes me Easton sick. Um, just t- total ter- <laughs> terrible quarterback play. Um, but uh, you know, health is wealth right now. Not many. There's so many backup quarterbacks around the NFL. That's half the reason why the Cowboys um, are playing well. Because you know, knock on wood, Dak Prescott is healthy, and if he continues to stay healthy, I like our chances. Um, but hope you guys are all enjoying the holiday season. We'll get one more podcast in next week before Christmas, and then we got New Year's, and before you know it, it's playoff time. Um, most wonderful time of the year. Merry Christmas to all and to all a happy NFC East. Fee- Fee- Fee-